You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here to look at some more roster moves for the Pelicans uh, today. It was announced, I guess yesterday, that they've signed another guy to a training camp deal, putting this team kind of fully where they need to be in three weeks for training camp. I'll let you guys know who it is. Also, weird connection I have to the player, if you didn't see me tweet it out the other day. Then we'll look at a little bit more details that came out about Tyrone Wallace's contract offer with the Pelicans. See if the Clippers will maybe match or not match. Still looking like a no, but hey, he's a useful young guy, so you never know. And then finally, we'll look at some of that training camp roster stuff where all of a sudden there's a lot of guys here, but it appears this is going to be set. So who might the Pelicans keep? Who has an outside chance to make the the uh, the actual game day roster, regular season roster? And who's most likely to get cut? Because certainly it is up in the air right now. So a whole bunch to cover in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So a little more information on the Tyrone Wallace deal, and I believe this comes from Shams, that the it's a 2.9 minimum salary offer sheet, two years, and the first year of the contract is guaranteed for 300000 by September 12th. This is a great deal if you're Wallace because he turned this from a two-way contract last year into a full-time NBA gig this year. This is exactly what these two-way contracts are designed to do. You get about 30 games kind of on the high end maybe with your parent NBA club and then you try and show if you can do something. And this guy did enough. I'm not as high as him as others are. Again, I think the defense is a little overrated given we saw him for less than a thousand minutes and I didn't particularly like all of what I saw during that time. His defensive metrics aren't great, though the Clippers were a better defense with him on the court than off. But a lot of those things have to do with players around you as well. Um, So I think that people are making a little bit too much of that. But make no mistake, this guy on a minimum deal for having one season in the NBA, having great size, pretty strong athleticism, and does a lot of off-ball stuff and early offense stuff that fits into this Pelicans and Alvin Gentry offense, I think is a great signing. You're not really looking for guys to do too much right now. And he'll fit in the role that he has, so that's great for the money. If you're paying this dude $10 million a year, you're going to be like, this sucks and this isn't what they should be doing. It's not the case, so you need to factor in these contract situations. And then, so I think that's been great. Albert... Uh, Nahamed, who's an NBA cap guy, has been tweeting about this a little bit and just shows that Wallace played this so well that even though he was offered a two-way contract with the Clippers, he just kind of decided to stay out there um, and got his money. And now, instead of making anywhere from $75,000 to $386,000, which is what a two-way contract can pay out, he's getting $300,000 guaranteed no matter what. Likely that first year is going to be all guaranteed too. And then he gets more money. So he's potentially looking at a $1.3 million first year salary deal with the Pelicans. 
That's awesome if you're this guy and he's going to get minutes to be able to uh, show what he can do. This also does tell you what the Pelicans feel about the rest of their backcourt. We know Alfred Payton and Drew Holiday and Ian Clark and more are really kind of in there and solidified. The more maybe you don't want to put in that bucket because he plays on the wing so much. But you got three guys already that can fill a whole ton of minutes for you that you feel confident about. I know a lot of people are high on Frank Jackson. I'm less high on Frank Jackson just because I don't know what he can do. 13 minutes of summer league is not really what I want to base any sort of projections or predictions on at all. I can hope, certainly, and do hope he plays well. But if he was going to be as good as a lot of people are telling me, then I don't know if the Pelicans go this route to bring in another guard. Same thing for Trevon Blewett, who people wanted to sign to the actual roster and not a two-way deal um, after his tremendous summer league where he was shooting very, very well. But if he was going to be that good and as big of a contributor that the Pel- that, that people think he might be, well, I don't know if you see the Pelicans making this move for Tyrone Wallace. So maybe it shows you that they're not expecting that much out of either Jackson or Blewett uh, this upcoming season, and that's why they want a little bit of insurance with a lot of upside, a lot of upside here in um Tyrone Wallace. So I think it's a good thing overall. And again, no news from the Clippers, but I don't think anyone's really expecting them to match just because of kind of the size of the roster that they have and the number of guys under contract. And that can be an issue for them. They don't want to necessarily have to cut another guy being so close to the luxury tax too. If they were further away from the luxury tax, maybe they do cut a guy and then keep um, Wallace. But I don't know if that's going to be the case because of their cap situation. So before we get to the newest Pelican, or at least the newest training camp signing, you guys know, as I said yesterday, it's crunch time for fantasy football, and the Locked On Podcast Network is delivering a brand new Locked On show. That's Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. Fantasy Football 24-7 will give you the latest trends, hot roster moves, and where to get the advantage. Plus, Ethan Turner, the injury expert, helps give you an edge on the healthiest players and players to avoid. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 is here to help you win your league Win your money, win your bragging rights over your friends. So make sure you listen and subscribe. So as I just said, other roster moves for the Pelicans, and this is official, their PR sent it out, but I believe Woj tweeted this first. The Pelicans are signing Darius Morris, uh, guard, 6'4", 195 pounds, to a training camp deal. Terms of the deal were not released. It's a training camp deal. Um, to see if maybe they can just add some more competition. Morris most recently played for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers of the G League uh, and finished the regular season averaging 19 points, 7.7 assists, and 4.7 rebounds. He was the 41st overall pick in the 2011 draft by the Lakers. He played out of Michigan, and he's played a number of games in the NBA, 132 to be exact, and he averages 3.3 points, 1.4 assists, and 1 rebound per game played 65 games in the G League also cool thing to note about Darius Morris is he went to the same high school as I did Windward School over in Los Angeles small school of about 500 people total and now we've got two of them right now at least as of today that are kind of involved with the Pelicans so kind of weird connection there though he was well after me I think maybe not I can't remember um something like that though like we didn't overlap or it was soon after anyway um, at least in high school, I had a middle school too. But that's besides the point. So I like this just because that's a real cool connection to me. But Darius Morris is just basically being added as a training camp body. Nothing really other than that. This puts the Pelicans in a bit 
of a weird crunch because you are allowed to have 20 players signed in some capacity in the offseason. Right now, there's 12 guaranteed guys. You have a number of partial guaranteed guys um, and one two-way guy. So the Pelicans are at that 20-player max right now. So no one else is expected to be moved, uh, signed at least, assuming the Clippers decline to match the offer for Tyrone Wallace and he becomes a member of the New Orleans Pelicans. That then will give them another guaranteed player, basically, giving them 13. So of the rest of those guys, where all of a sudden you're going to have Morris, both Okafors, and Troy Williams, um, the other Williams and um, Garland Green is they're all fighting basically for like one or two spots. And that's really where this training camp battle is going to come down to. We assume one of the Okafors is going to make it. So let's kind of put them there. Uh, and that puts the Pelicans at 14. And then that leaves one spot for the rest of the guys. So who will it be? And that's kind of the question. And Scott Kushner wrote about this a number uh, with a number of the wings that they have out there on this training camp roster. They're all kind of fighting for that last spot. And I really think that's what it's going to come down to. I don't think Darius Morris is going to make this team. Um, still might be kind of cool uh, if he does for me, but I don't expect him to. I think it's just a body to have in there um, and provide some kind of competition for the rest of these guys, as Kushner says. They're letting these guys fight it out. Who is hungriest, who wants it most, and who can make the most of this opportunity? But, and I'm not sure it really matters because the Pelicans might not care about these guys that kind of make it. Because when you look at their roster construction and then the ways that are likely to improve this team throughout the regular season and beyond, now that they're at this 20-person max, and yes, they can cup some guys and bring other ones in if they really wanted to, but I don't think we'll see that till after training camp. But say during the season, how do they try and improve this team? And they're setting themselves up to be kind of in a bit of a weird spot to do so. So let's talk about that in just a second here. So the Locked On Network is expanding with college shows. We've got Locked On Wolverines dropping this week. We've got Locked On Seminoles, despite their loss the other night, dropping this week. We are back to college, everybody. Plus, we've already got Locked On Oregon Ducks. We've got the Locked On Alabama Crimson Tide, the Locked On Kentucky Wildcats, Arkansas Razorbacks, Tennessee Volunteers, the BYU Cougars as well. So find your favorite college show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, wherever you get your podcasts from. Like I said, that's right. The Locked On Podcast Network is now covering your alma mater. All right, so the roster stuff. So the good stuff first. Let's talk about that before being a little bit concerned about what's coming down the line later. A lot of these deals are unguaranteed, which and all contracts guaranteed by, I think it's like the middle of January. I don't have the exact date in front of me. But what that means is the Pelicans can guarantee some of that money for these guys, add that salary into trades and things like that to make these deals work. Now in the NBA, the way it works is it's the you've got it's only the guaranteed money that adds into trades. It prevents a lot of the loopholes that you saw Del Demps doing before, where you sign a guy to a partial guarantee, but his whole salary counted against uh, in, in terms of aggregation for trades. You make them work, and then they got waived by the other team who then didn't actually owe him that amount of money. That's gone, but you can guarantee these guys, and they're still low enough and only in one year that you can then trade them, and then they can get waived by the other team, and it's still not the end of the world, particularly if you need to make the salaries match. Because these guys don't guarantee until January 2, you also get it where you can waive them and create an empty roster spot for an unbalanced trade to go through. If you're bringing back, say, three guys and only sending out two, you can create room that way. It gives them flexibility at least up until mid-January to make a move. But what happens 
if all of a sudden we're past that cutoff date in January and they're still looking to make a deal likely around the trade deadline. That's certainly going to be maybe the bigger issue because the Pelicans don't have a ton, not a ton at least, of expiring contracts. We heard a lot of use of maybe the Pel or use uh, talk that maybe the Pelicans would use that Quincy Pondexter trade exception. I didn't talk about it much on here because those things rarely ever get used, and this one has expired, I believe, without anything going forward with it. So it's no big deal right there. Now, they you, you know if you're looking to make a trade and bring in a guy, teams usually want expiring salary to kind of then fall off and it makes there no long-term cap implications or financial hits if you're near the luxury tax, anything like that. Pelicans would like more. So now they're not using that on a one-year expiring guy. Okay, sure. Why not? It's fine. You still have the guys on your team. They're just not expiring and you want to try and get that. So maybe look for the Pelicans to try and make a package or a play to get some expiring deals. Or the Pelicans maybe then feel that they have the pieces done to try and get something else done during the regular season. Don't know if that's going to be the case. I've thrown out some names to you guys. I really think keep an eye on Harrison Barnes with this. But the Pelicans not really adding any large amounts of expiring salary, expiring contracts, I think might really hurt them as they try and make a move at the trade deadline. Of course, they're going to need to package another first round pick, something like that in there. But they also need to be careful about what they do because of their salary cap implications going forward. You do re have to remember that, um, as I blank, Julius Randle, there we go. We don't have, uh, the Pelicans don't have his bird rights. He would need to be re-signed and you likely are going to need to do with cap space. M Nikola Mirjic, you have his bird rights, but you're going to be pushing the luxury tax depending on how things go. That can be huge problems for this team that has shown they're not really willing to pay that luxury tax, at least just yet for the right team and the right roster. Certainly, they're not going to do it otherwise. So I think that's why getting more expiring salary that you can then send out and bring someone in rather than bringing someone in and then still having one or two of these contracts that are on for another year, um, a guy like Solomon Hill, something like that is certainly going to be a good thing. So you need to try and get that and try and do it to be able to make a bigger move going forward. So just something to keep an eye on going forward. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans player news. And hopefully we find out soon if the Clippers match or don't match the Tyrone Wallace deal. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.